Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltisiak and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sports casting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In this episode, we're going to discuss the Jeff Okuda trade by the Detroit Lions, our reaction to it, how it impacts the Lions moving forward, and address the news of the Lions bringing in quarterbacks Hendon Hooker and C.J. Stroud for their top 30 visits. I'm joined today by James Cook, senior sports writer for the Traverse City Record Eagle. You can also hear him on the Get Around podcast. It drops on Mondays. Good to have you here, James. Yeah, thanks for having me. So the news broke. Jeff Okuda traded to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth round pick. What's your initial reaction? How did you take that news right away? I know some rumors have been floating out there. People have been wondering if a trade might happen. What are your thoughts? It was kind of a, I was kind of expecting it and kind of not, I guess. I think the Lions would have been okay with just having him around for depth because they're not crunched for salary cap. Um, But trading him away and getting a, a draft asset and clearing up, I think, around $5 million in, in cap space um, would allow them to to do some contract negotiations, extend one or two of their guys, current guys they have on this year, and move some of that money in to, to fill that spot. Or uh, or just use it to sign some, some veteran players probably after the June 1 cuts, I would expect. Um, you know, Do some, some free agent bargain shopping with that $5 million. They could maybe get one, two, maybe even three type of good veteran players to give yourself some good depth on the bench and maybe even a starter or something like that. You know, and there, there's some decent free agents still out there, like guys I think that can come in and help. So, and, and, you know, every day that they're still free agents, their asking price goes down. I think if we look at value, I would have liked something more than a fifth round pick for him. I would have hoped for maybe at least a fourth. It's easy just to go up one notch. But if you look and see, I think the Rams got like a third round pick for Jalen Ramsey. Like he had a huge contract, but a big talent level. So when you hear that, the reality is Jeff Okuda, a fifth round pick is a fair thing at this point. Now, I had hoped that he would do better. I'm actually quite kind of, I think my biggest emotion is sadness and, and a little bummed out. I had hoped Jeff Okuda would have a different ending with the Lions. I still think Jeff Okuda is, could be a good player in this league. I still think he has the potential. It's unfortunate the things he went through in Detroit with the injuries and whatnot, that it didn't work out. It does clear cap space. I would have liked the Lions keep him on the roster for another year, just thinking, wow, our number one or number two defensive back is now our number four guy on the depth chart. But if you start thinking about last season, right, it was it was like a tale of two halves, right? As we're, we're approaching the midpoint of the season, we're seeing Jeff Okuda play like the player we thought we might get and the, might want and could be here for the next five to seven years. I mean, I think about that Dallas game and just how well he was playing in the middle of the season. But then at the end of the season, there were a couple games he was benched, and that just was a head-scratcher. Mm-hmm. So maybe that should not have made this a surprise when we saw this happening. Yeah, I don't know if maybe there was something something medical where he just didn't get everything back. I mean, he had that stretch where he looked so good. I don't know if he hit a wall after that or if maybe teams just figured out that he didn't have that extra step that he used to have and – or something, and and if the Lions figured, well, if he doesn't, if he's not a system fit for us anymore, or 
or whatever, you know, we'll, we'll try to get what we can for him. I think a fifth that, you know, was probably fair when you trade away a player like that, that you've kind of given up on teams know that you're most likely not going to get big, big value. You know, and so a fifth round pick, I think is actually on the top end sort of, uh, you know, a lot of times teams get guys for sixth or seventh. I mean, look what the Cowboys got Stefan Gilmore for. I mean, that was what a sixth, like a guy who was a pro bowl corner a year or two ago. Well, we knew the Lions weren't going to pick up that that fifth round, that fifth year option for $10 million. So you knew he was going to be gone after this year or have to come back on a new contract. And so there's that part that hoped that that would just elevate his play for this year and make us that much better for this year. But if we kind of look at the draft in a way, just briefly on this is, you know, before all these free agent signings, we thought the Lions might draft one or two defensive backs. But even with these signings, we've got a lot of one-year deals. We still think the Lions are going to draft a defensive back, even before trading Jeff Okuda. So that made you wonder, if they were to keep Okuda and they drafted somebody, is there enough spot on the roster for everybody? So that might have been another motivation. Yeah, it could be. I mean, because, I mean, you know, they've got the three corners they brought in in free agency. Uh, They've got Jerry Jacobs coming back for another year and – you know, he would be somebody who, even if he has a really good year this year, is going to cost less than Okuda would cost the year after that. And, you know, and then they've got some other some other guys that are fighting for backup spots. And then it's a really deep cornerback draft this year. Really deep. Like corner is one of the positions where the single most de- deep positions in this draft. Uh, you can find almost starting level corners into the third, fourth round. I mean, guys that you can pretty much just bring right in. Uh, you know, guys that are going to start for you. I mean, for the Lions, they probably wouldn't because they're going to have guys ahead of them. But I could see the Lions drafting those guys in the middle rounds and just having them there for if they move on from these two guys that are on one-year deals. You know, it it, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it, would it have been nice to have had Akuda around and had him play off the bench and and be a guy who you could bring in and have a good season and then maybe him play well enough? You know, you know the Lions. I guess are kind of. I I, I saw a guy put it this way. The Lions are all in without going all in this year in that they haven't mortgaged their future because they've signed so many of these guys to one year deals and, and short, shorter contracts. They haven't uh, crippled themselves on the salary caps. So they can still they can extend their window, you know, but I think they think this is the beginning of their their window where they can win the division, win some playoff games, maybe even be contenders. And so, you know, they're 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 kind of all in and. You know, I think the opportunity for them to create a little bit more cap space and maybe plug one or two more veterans into the locker room, into the depth was something that intrigued them. And it also puts them it also puts them in direct communication right away now with the Atlanta Falcons, who are a team that are a possible team that might want to trade up to number six on draft day. Um, you know, because they're a team that if somebody's if one of those quarterbacks is sitting there at six and they think that he's way, way better than Desmond Ritter, I can totally see them moving up. So there's been rumors that they're one of the teams that are kind of looking to move up in the draft a little bit. So now you're kind of on their speed dial already because you already made a trade with them this year. You, you've already you've built that relationship up with them. This this trade seems to be a win win for both teams. The Lions get something for the draft. You know, Jeff Okuda goes to Atlanta, gets a stop, gets an opportunity to restart his career, reshape it. Atlanta gets a, a need filled. 
And then you thought about clearing the cap space. That's going to make about another $5 million in cap space for the Lions. And they were actually already doing pretty good. So, so what do you think the Lions do with this extra cap space? Is there anything in the near term? I mean, we, we've heard this stuff about Teddy Bridgewater having a significant offer out there. This would obviously help if he accepts that significant offer. But anything in mind in the near term? Myself, I actually kind of have changed my opinion a little bit on the whole Bridgewater thing. And I'm kind of like, just stay away from him. Like looking at some of his statistics recently. I mean, I'm like Tua with the Dolphins offense last year was amazing. And Bridgewater came in and started two games and that offense stunk, you know? So I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm not convinced that Bridgewater is really any better than Sudfeld. I mean, or, or guys that are already out there. You know, a Matt Ryan, you know, might just be looking to to cash in and get another year or two sit on the bench. Um, and stylistically, Matt Ryan is fairly close to Jared Goff as well. So that makes him a nice backup quarterback option, I think, more attractive than Bridgewater, who stylistically is not the same as Goff, you know. And uh, but but there are good free agents out there still. Adrian Amos is still a free agent for the Packers. I think that's, you know, he's going to get more money than I think that what is opened up by the Okuda trade is going to. It, but you never you never know i didn't think that that mosley would sign for that little or you know or cj gardner johnson so you know you've got guys like uh i think somebody they may be interested in depending on how the draft goes after the draft would be maybe uh puna ford from the seahawks just a, a good he's still only 27 he's a guy who's been a proven guy who you can start in the nfl and he'd probably be your rotational defensive tackle and we could um, use help at that spot yeah, and he's a good run stopper. I mean, he's not he, – he can provide a little bit of pass rush. He's not, you know, somebody who's only just there to eat up blocks. But, you know, he can get some a few sacks here and there. But, uh, you know, he's a good run stopper. I mean, he's 5'11 and 3'10. Well, well, and then in addition to potentially signing a free agent, it also increases the possibility that if there's a player on someone's roster that we like and has a little bit of a bigger yeah. salary, we can make a trade. Yeah, you can turn on and trade that fifth or one of your other picks, you know, on draft day for that guy. I mean, you know, we saw several teams do that last year with teams uh, dumping players during the draft for draft picks. Uh, you know, most notably A.J. Brown. But over the last couple of years, you've seen that happen a few times where, where teams that are cash strapped or, or teams that just drafted somebody at that guy's position because they couldn't resist and suddenly don't want to be paying – you know, Jeff Okuda, $10 million when you just signed three good corners and free agency. <laughs> exactly. So, we knew we weren't going to pick that up. So it, it made sense to move on from him. Again, there's part of me that's sad because I just, I want to see him realize his potential with the Lions. Oh, yeah. So, but you know what? I still think he's got the possibility and I'm wishing him well. And I hope he does realize that I, I, I've got, I'm optimistic. Brad Holmes can take that fifth round pick and do something fun with it. That guy's pretty magical in the draft. Yeah. We'll see some, some other some other free agents that I could see them looking at maybe um, that are still sitting out there that would probably they could probably get for close to the vet minimum. Which at that you could with five million dollars and more new cash space you could get say four guys out of that. Um, I could see him resigning Justin Jackson now because there's still so many good, good free agent running backs on the market. A, a bunch of other guys are, are still free agents, so I could really see Justin Jackson coming back, resigning to be the the number three running back or four if they draft somebody. Uh, Dan Arnold from the Jags would be another guy to maybe kind of add to that tight end room who's kind of that blue collar guy and a big red zone target. Um, Eric Fisher or Ode Abushi at, on the offensive line. Even maybe Taylor Lewan. Good veteran backup swing guys who can fill multiple spots. 
Yeah, the Lions could definitely add to the offensive line. I'm sure they will, maybe through the draft and through free agency yet. Yeah, maybe even, you know, uh, one guy who's still a free agent is uh, Kyle Van Noy, uh, the Lions' old buddy. He's 32 now, though, but, I mean, he's just he's just a depth piece at this point and would be a veteran minimum guy. Or Marcus Peters, if you need another corner, if you feel you need another veteran corner. Or Rocky Asin. Yeah, Rocky Asin is a guy when coming out of the draft last year, or years ago, um, was somebody that I – I really thought was going to be a really good player. I was kind of surprised the the Raiders let him go in free agency and has lasted this long in free agency as well. Right. He's still out there. So well, it's a cool name. It is a very cool name as well. Yeah. Well, the other big news this week was the Lions were bringing in Hendon Hooker and, and now they're bringing in CJ Stroud. You know, the Hendon Hooker thing, I didn't think caught people off guard because he could be a second round draft pick. Um, obviously, he could go in the first round or the third round or somewhere in between, depending on what you think of people's mock drafts and whatnot. But the mm-hmm. CJ Stroud thing was like, this guy's a top three pick no matter what. Why are the Lions bringing him in? Well, Last year, they brought in Kenny Pickett. I think they brought in Malik Willis as well. They didn't draft either of those guys. And apparently, they, draw, they brought in Zach Wilson the year before. And so, what does that say? Why, what are your thoughts on, on hearing the news about Hooker? Does that really matter even? And then the bigger news, why are they bringing in C.J. Stroud? One of the one of the other nuggets that kind of came out in the last day or two is that the Lions are apparently one of six teams who inquired to uh, trade up to the number three pick. And I would assume that that would be for Will Anderson uh, because he fits what the Lions need more. Um, but I also think that maybe maybe that's just part of a smokescreen to make teams trade up to number six. And, and you know, if they do that, then the Lions can't trade at number three and get the guy they want, you know, that, that the other team wants. You know, so, I mean, it, it, the whole everything is smoke smokescreen season and you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt at, at this point. So I kind of can totally see that being a smokescreen and, and even the, the, the Stroud visit, you know, just being uh, completely a smokescreen. I mean, you know, the Lions have already come out and said that Jared Goff's our guy. I wouldn't be shocked to see them draft a developmental guy behind him and Hooker hits, you know, fills that spot. I mean, be somebody who wouldn't cost them as much draft capital. You can get him in the second, maybe third round, you know, or, uh, you know, Dorian Thompson. Robinson from UCLA, even later in the draft than that. There's a couple of other guys later in the draft that are maybe kind of guys you could look at in the sixth, seventh round. Clayton Toon, uh, even Stetson Bennett. Even. Yeah. I don't know. Stetson, Stetson Bennett's one of those guys that if you draft him, you're probably best case scenario is you're hoping that you get a guy that's a backup quarterback for you for eight years. I, yeah, I can. I agree with that. And, you know, I think when you bring somebody in, you learn more about them. And that's going to push you in one of two directions. It'll either push you further in the direction of, hey, we really like this guy. Or, you know, maybe this isn't this isn't the guy we were thinking. It's not what we're looking for. And maybe that's what happened with some of those previous interviews. We brought people in. We didn't draft them. It doesn't mean we weren't interested in drafting them. We just may have found stuff out or just decided it wasn't the right fit for us or they weren't there. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, Holmes has only been here for two years, so it's a little hard to, harder to gauge. But I know one thing that, that Bob Quinn did is – is he used those, you know, you only get 30 of those visits where you get to bring them in. He would bring in the guys that he had on, uh, that he was on the fence on, you know, to more of guys that he was leaning towards, no. And he would use the in-person interview to say, yeah, we're out on you. We, we don't want you. <laughs> Rather than the, you convince us to draft, you know, that he wants to be convinced to draft a guy. They almost use those 30 visits to kind of cross people off the board. And I, I can com- kind of completely see Brad Holmes doing the, the same thing. Okay. Uh, 
you know, looking, looking at a bunch of those guys to see, you know, is this a, a culture fit with us? Is it a work ethic fit and all that kind of stuff and just, and just see how much of a fit it is. And a lot of teams I think are trying to just talk themselves out of some guys. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to go back to the quarterback situation or stay with the quarterback situation here and go back to the Teddy Bridgewater thing a minute. The news came out that the Lions have a significant offer on the table. He has not accepted or signed it, but it means he's been offered it. So I'm kind of wondering here what your thoughts are on this. Do you think, well, first off, who do we think leaked this information? And two, why do we think it was leaked? If I had to guess, I would say that it was probably from Bridgewater's camp, his his agent, to to bump up the market. I mean, he is the the highest rated quarterback that's left in free agents. Uh, depending on what you believe in some other guys like Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan. And I think Mason Rudolph still hasn't re-signed with the Steelers, but I mean, I don't know that anybody's looking at him to be a starting type quarterback. So, you know, Bridgewater is the highest rated quarterback free agent. And I think his agent is just trying to, to drum up more interest, more money for a, for a bigger contract. I don't think if he hasn't, if, if him and the Lions haven't come to a contract agreement yet, I don't know that they will. Well, that's the style thing that the Lions didn't like from Jamal Williams. If Teddy Bridgewater is doing the same style, that's probably not going to fly too well. Right. And I think so. Exactly. I mean, they got, you know, they got Sudfeld in place on a one-year deal. I I don't know how much guaranteed money there is there. I doubt much. So they could always change their backup quarterback plans, I think, without a, a big cap hit or anything. So, so I don't consider Sudfeld to be somebody who's a lock to be on the team come end of August. Is Bridgewater an upgrade over him? I don't know. He's got he's got more playing experience, but does that playing experience tell you he's better from what he's done the last couple of years? I don't know. I mean, he's. I would say. I mean, he's came in the league in what 2014. He's been in the league for a good while. Yes. So that's what eight years. I think I would consider one of those years a good year. I'm going to push back on you there. Last year, I agree, was not good. But the three years prior, when he was with the Broncos. When he was with Carolina, those numbers were respectable. And the year before, when he was with the Saints, he came in for like four or five games when Drew Brees was out, and he was solid during that time. The Saints year was the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that was, was a really great year. He went he went five and zero. Oh. He had a nine to two t- touchdown to interception ratio. You know, the Carolina he was barely over five hundred basically in TD to interception ratio. I mean, fifteen to eleven. Denver was pretty solid. Um, but I mean, his, uh, his first two seasons in Minnesota were okay. You know, he's also got a little bit of an injury history. He's had, has been in the season in the league, eight seasons. And of those eight seasons, he's only been a starter for, I would say four and a half, four maybe, but three of those seasons have ended with injuries. Sure. And that's where I'm looking for a guy who can come in, play two to three, four games is what you're hoping at most. Because if your starter goes yeah. down for more than that, you've got more issues. And and maybe Teddy's not the guy. And the Lions might already be pivoting to Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan, you know, or somebody else. I don't, else like, I don't like Carson Wentz either. <laughs> don't get me going on Carson Wentz. All the guys I really wanted us to sign are gone. Teddy was at the bottom or part of that list. I would still be very happy if we had Teddy Bridgewater. I still think the Lions draft somebody, and and that plays into the equation as well. I, I think so too. I would have liked like Gardner Minshew. I think would be a good would have been a good quarterback. I think of the quarterbacks that are still out there. Like I said, stylistically, Matt Ryan is the closest to Jared Goff. 
and could probably be gotten cheap at this point, you know, just to be a, a clipboard holder at the end of his career and and come in and maybe play a game or two. I just, uh, it'd be interesting though, because uh, Campbell has shown or has said some things in the past that says that he kind of likes a quarterback who can run. So it's not like they have to match up a quarterback with their backup quarterback stylistically. And Ben Johnson is also creative enough that if they had a backup quarterback who can run like somebody like a head and hooker that you can see him putting him in a game, a couple of plays here and there and doing some gadget plays, run some wildcat, run whatever. Well, Dan Campbell was in New Orleans before when they did some of that stuff. And one other name to throw out there is Tyler Huntley is a a restricted free agent at the lowest level. So the Lions could sign him. And if Baltimore doesn't match, then they could have him for no draft picks. Yeah, and that would be, and he's a fairly young quarterback. I think, you know, he's only been in the league a couple of years. So, I mean, he's a guy who can still develop. And he played, I think, pretty respectably well last year after Lamar got hurt for somebody who was thrown in there. And yeah, and he, so it gives him some game. He's another guy that I wouldn't mind being back at quarterback at all. All right, well, I know we're going to get back together here soon, and we're going to do a big, deep dive into the draft. But great having you on this show, as always, as we analyze the Lions, and we keep our eye on the moves coming up to that draft. Sounds good. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to Not the Same Old Lions podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Matt Soltesiak. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends. (laughs) 